Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Media. Welcome to Dick It Happened Here, a podcast that is in in no small part about the in, increasing and escalating series of anti-trans laws being passed around the country. Uh, it's another one of those episodes. Things are getting worse. Things are also getting weird. And with me to talk about worse and weird is Kai and Lee from Health Liberation Now. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you both because, okay, very, very odd stuff has been happening. So the main reason I, have, I wanted to have you two on is to talk about the stuff that's been happening in Ohio. So for, for people who are unaware, Ohio's legislature has been trying to pass a very draconian ban on all gender affirming care for minors. The state's Republican governor vetoed the bill, and this was for about one day there was a lot of sort of like liberal cheering about like, ah, compassionate Republicans, blah, 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 blah. And then immediately after that, like, like, like the next day when all of all of us, we haven't even, we hadn't even really gotten into the wait, hold on. He's going to do something else. Uh, the thing that DeWine did is in, is, you know, and this is, this is being framed as like an attempt to stave off the veto, which hasn't worked so far, but he immediately implemented a bunch of rules that say that in order to get gender affirming care, and this is true of both minors and adults, which makes it in a lot of ways more draconian than the actual bill it's quote unquote supposed to be preventing, like getting passed. If you want to get gender affirming care, you need recommendations from a psychiatrist, an endocrinologist, and a bioethicist, and also all gender affirming care in the state has to be reported to the government. There and there's yes. like other mm-hmm. stuff too. So this is uh the 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 technical term for this is this is extremely bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To put it mildly. Yeah. And he, I mean, he also signed uh, an executive order just banning surgery for everyone under eighteen too. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also I think I believe it was like everyone under twenty one also had to go through uh, six months of counseling as well. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah. At least six months of counseling. Yeah. There's there's no upper cap. Mm-hmm. And like a yeah. lot of this was Dewine and and his spokespeople have ended up like justifying a lot of this, like trying to use language from clinicians uh, working at clinics in in Ohio that see trans youth and be like, well, you know, they're taking this comprehensive multidisciplinary approach and most of the people they see like get counseling instead of medical transition. So they're actually like using a lot of 
the testimony uh, against the ban to try to justify these rules and regulations. And I don't think they're acting in good faith because when you actually like look no. at the details, you're like, well, <laughs> this would basically make it almost impossible for anyone at any age to transition. But it's like, you know, it's a very sneaky, smart move, right? Like being like, oh, look, we're, we're trying to find a compromise. We're trying to make sure everyone gets good health care. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes like, liberals and liberal media will just kind of eat that up mm-hmm. without really looking at the details. Yeah, and, and one of the things that's happening here, too, is that so so the U.S., where in places where there's pretty good access to gender-affirming health care, it works off of something called a f- informed consent. And informed consent is like, okay, so you go there, they tell you what is going to happen, and you talk, you talk to, like, a nurse or a doctor, and... Then once you know the like what you're actually getting into, you say yes or no if you want to do something, right? Mm-hmm. And you know this is a this is a pretty good system. It still can be really annoying to navigate because of insurance stuff, and you know like mm-hmm. there's there's definitely problems with it. But it's a it's a much better system than exists in a lot of places. And you know I, I think there have been two sets of comparisons about what these restrictions look like. And we're going to get to the comparisons to uh, TARP restrictions on abortion in a second. But I want to talk about another thing that these restrictions strike me as very similar to, which is the British system. And the way the British system works is you get put on a wait list and then you die. Or you go to Armenia. <laughs> like those are those are your options, right? Or or you're really wealthy and you can you can bypass the public healthcare system and go to the private healthcare system, but you know, like I hope, like I, I, I hope you were are like the heir to a mansion before you start that process, or you're in serious trouble. The thing about the British system is there's all of these paths of interlocking experts you have to go through, and every single you have to get signatures from every single one of them. And what this means is you have this enormous sort of interminable British gender bureaucracy whose only job and only the only thing they want to do is stop you from getting healthcare. There's a very, very good um, philosophy tube episode about this, about what it's actually like to be in that system. And it's terrible. And this is a, this is what the, the kinds of things that are being proposed here are in a lot of, they're not, it's not exactly the same as the British system, but it's, it's bringing it much closer to that system where it's basically impossible to get healthcare. And, and the thing about, the British system and about these restrictions where, you know, you, you have to have like a bioethicist and a psychiatrist and endocrinologist and you have to like do all, you have to like jump through all of these hoops is that at every single point in the process, there is another gender bureaucrat who can just by themselves decide that they're just doing a, a trans healthcare ban. And, you know, every, every individual person you put into the process is another person who can just say no. Mm-hmm, and that's how mm-hmm. the British system works is that someone in the yeah. process just says no and you die in a wait list. Yeah, I mean, we we know trans people in Britain and in other European countries where they have like a lot of gatekeeping, and you know, all of them have warned us like, you do not want this coming to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, reminding us like all the time like how much easier a lot of U.S. trans people have it in terms of accessing healthcare, and just like, yeah, I mean, it, everything I've heard about like the U.K. healthcare system sounds like nightmarish. <laughs> People asking invasive questions about like your sexuality or your trauma history or for youth that often ends up like involving like genital inspections for some reason. It just sounds like a horrible, yeah. dehumanizing, violating experience. And then, yeah, and like a lot of people like spend years, years and years if they, you know, and are lucky if they do it, are able to access care. And a lot of people have to go private if they can afford to. Honestly, um, before, I mean, technically it was during, but before the the full, like, onslaught of bills started to hit the U.S., like, there there were Brits that were trying to sound the alarm and get the message out to, yeah. to U.S.-based Yeah, folks. like, it was around when the Kirabel ruling happened. Uh, Kirabel was a... Mm-hmm. Uh, D-trans woman uh, whose lawyer was affiliated with the ADF, with the British branch of Alliance Defending Freedom, which is behind a lot of the, it's like an international Christian nationalist organization that's behind a lot of the uh, healthcare bans in Mm -hmm. the U.S. as well. Also Um, anti-abortion, anti-birth control. Yeah. (laughs) Really nasty people. Um, But anyway, so like Kira Bell, this this D-trans woman, it's like she sued uh, the NHS 
for allowing her to transition and originally like won her case. And that led to basically like the end of transitioning for, for youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She submitted a judicial review. Um, the initial review was favorable to her, but upon further review, the appeals did end up overturning it. But by that point, the damage had already been done. Yeah. Um, a bunch of yeah. people were starting to lose access to, to care and the likes, and the wheels were starting to spin internally as well in terms of the Tavistock system. And so, like as a result, like the wait list just end up getting longer and longer yeah. and longer. Um, yeah. So that was like a huge blow that happened in the UK, and like UK trans people like were basically like by that point starting trying to warn people in the US like this is going to come for you too. Yeah. Like yeah. get ready. Like they'd already been already been like suffering under this like you know anti trans blitz for a while, mm-hmm. and they like knew it was going to spread yeah. beyond the borders of the UK. Uh, and unfortunately, it has. <laughs> yeah. In like the, the very early stages of our project, when we launched at the beginning of 2021, almost immediately after the, the Kirabel initial ruling, we hosted a transcript of a podcast from Blood and Turf that was trying to deliver this message over to um, U.S.-based comrades. Um, and unfortunately, it does not appear to have reached as many people as it really needed to. Um, but we yeah. do have that available in the event that people can still mm-hmm. learn from it because this onslaught is not going to stop. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And, and, and I think one of the things that we're seeing now is that there's, we're, we're now seeing a kind of an opening of new fronts in a way where you have in the same state at the same time, you have both what I guess I would call the American style approach of just straight up bands. And then this kind of an attempt to implement this sort of British, like, uh, you know, an attempt to implement this sort of like British gender bureaucracy mm-hmm. system. And one of the things that's been happening with this is, you know, okay, so th- there's a lot of places where there's inspirations coming for this. Um, and I think, you know, we, we mentioned it briefly earlier. One of the inspirations for this is obviously um, TARP restrictions on abortion, where you have these like unbelievably restricted like basically these targeted things when before before roe v wade uh collapsed there was you know you could you could ban abortions by for example you know saying like passing a bill that says that like okay if you you want to do abortions in a hospital the the walls in in the hallways have to be like Mm -hmm. exactly like this diameter which is not the same diameter as like as as normal hospital walls are so now you can't do abortions in hospitals and so they they do things like this right mm-hmm. and this this is you know and th- this has been a a huge problem for a long time anti-abortion activists have been talking about it for ages uh the democratic party did nothing uh so you know that that's i, I think i think a sort of like forewarning of where this is going mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> A direct parallel is actually over in Arizona, if I remember correctly, because one of the things that they ended up doing down in Arizona is a requirement that they tried to implement um, was this rather controversial piece where they also had to provide information on abortion reversal using certain types of hormone care, right? Similar to how... In order for people to be able to provide gender affirming care, they have to provide information about detransition and stuff like that. But when you actually start to look at some of the data, not all of it, but some of the data that they are relying on to inform people of this, it is a wildly biased sample or just downright pseudoscience, right? Like they looked at the evidence base for the abortion reversals and it didn't actually work the way that they were saying it was. And it was actually coming from very, very, very explicitly motivated groups, right? Mm -hmm. So like abortion has been difficult to access in Arizona for a very long time, um, in part because of some of these like obnoxious, um, requirements that people end up putting into place through trap laws mm-hmm. yeah and you know I, I think it's it's worth noting that like and this is true of both the anti-trans bans and the uh and, and anti-abortion legislation is that like it's the science they're just making it up a lot of the time like you know <laughs> one, one of the like one of the very famous things is these like fetal heartbeat bills that required mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I, and the thing about like fetal heartbeat bills is that fetuses don't have heartbeats. You're not hearing a heartbeat. Like doctors will like force you to listen to this. And it's like that. It's not what's happening. It's literally not a heartbeat. But these people, like they put a stethoscope to a woman's chest and heard a beating, and we're like, oh shit, it's the baby's heart. And it's like, no, it doesn't have a heart. Like what? Wait, wait, this is a fetus. Like what? What are you even talking about? But you know, but and and th- but this kind of stuff, right? Is you know, they're mm-hmm. they're 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 basically they're they're doing just scientific malpractice, right? They're straight up lying to people, mm-hmm. and then they're using that as justification for you know actual legislation, which has sort of material impact and like you know carries the force of the law behind it, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And we've been seeing a lot of very similar kinds of things from from these anti-trans legis- uh, legislation, and one of, one of the ways that they've been able to use sort of pseudoscience to get restrictions on healthcare passed. And this is, this is true both of sort of the straight up bans and also of these kind of like massive bureaucratic restrictions is by allying with groups of sort of of right-wing detransitioners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that more after this ad break, because we unfortunately are, reliant on ads to cover this stuff so yeah here's here's ads happy pride from tomboy x celebrating pride and the queer community all year queer founded queer run and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay, we are back, and this is the point where we need to talk about the stuff in the Ohio story that is very weird. Now, I I think if people have been following the story of sort of anti-trans bills, one one of the things that's been happening a lot is there's been this sort of, there's there's a network of people who detransitioned for various reasons I don't know, uh, who, who have become very, very hardline right-wingers and who have basically been doing, like, circuits of of the the capitals of, you know, of, like, state capitals and, like, going to Capitol Hill and, like, telling their quote-unquote stories to try to get this, to try to get, like, all trans healthcare banned. Now, so and th- this is, you know, this is something we've covered on the show in the past. What is very weird about Ohio is that you had a group of these right-wing detransitioners who... Specifically, we're trying to get, it looked like at the very least, we're trying to get, we're we're trying to stop the, like, the actual, uh, like, gender-affirming care ban from going through. And we're in favor of more of this restriction stuff. Is is that, is that what, am I, am I getting this right? Not, not exactly. There's a couple of different, um... 
sorry. I'm, I, okay. I, can, I can provide my, my brief yeah. um, description here real quick. Um, and then you can retake aspects of that stuff because something to bear in mind is the fact that um, like some of the opposition in the Ohio um, testimonies are actually coming from people who view themselves as very left wing. They do. These are radical feminists specifically. Like, they are just hardcore yeah, opposed yeah. to. I mean, I would say their their yeah. actual politics are very yes. reactionary and even. Yeah, they're actually like, like, just right wingers. But, but they call themselves left wing. Yeah. They see themselves as being opposed to the right. Like that's mm-hmm. how they present themselves. And they definitely believe that they're anti right wing. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> there's there's also another component. This one is like. The nuances are sometimes almost impossible to be able to tease out, I swear, (laughs) tomato, tomato. But one of the people who was a proponent for both this current bill and a past bill is actually Corinna Cohn, who does not consider herself to be um, right-wing, though she does appear to be working with a number of right-wing people. (laughs) Um, She considers herself to be, quote-unquote, libertarian. Now... This um, is a red flag yeah. um, for, for those of us who have done any sort of like real engagement with certain types of libertarians or political organizing or whatever, in that if you actually pay attention to some of the arguments that are being made or the collaborations that are being made, you can generally tell which direction their politics are truly leaning towards, right? Is it left wing? Is it right wing? And hers have been steering far and far more right wing. Like she uses the like excuse of, you know, I, I want small government and stuff like that. But if you're working with like legislators to put in full on bans, I'm sorry, honey, that's not small government. That's not small government. That is the opposite of small government Mm -hmm. actually. And so like, like it's kind of hard to sort of like, encapsulate the the entirety of like the proponents of the opposition into particular political alignments because a lot of it is really based off of like what are their motivations and who are they willing to work with which again tomato tomato but Mm -hmm. i'll have to come back to the corinna cone one at some point here too because that one is actually um an important timeline in terms of understanding the ohio bills Mm -hmm. yeah i mean Basically, I mean, you have like these, you do have like right wing detransition people like Chloe Cole or Christian Bosley, um, Laura Becker, who like do, you know, they, they'll be hanging out with like the Heritage Foundation or Billboard Chris or, or the Q um, yeah, or the Q Shaman yeah. or our duty. Like, and they, they very much are just working uh, to try to pass these full on bans. But then, yeah, you have also these like, D-trans turf and their more liberal fellow travelers who definitely see themselves as being opposed to the right and are opposed to, uh, I mean, they, they're opposed to the right because they see right-wing Christians as being a threat to them as well. And are at least smart enough to understand that um, if, you know, right-wing Christians have their way, they're going to suffer too. But they also want to end trans healthcare or restrict it. I mean, uh, some of the <laughs> two of the people who helped organize, helped collect the testimony, the group statement uh, that was submitted under the name "Are You Asking Why?" Max and Kitty Robinson, they have ties to Janice Raymond. Dead serious. Yeah, they they do. Janice Raymond helped publish uh, Max Robinson's book at over at Spinifex Press, this Swerf and Turf publisher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they. They're not actually pro trans, <laughs> like. Yeah, well, we should we should mention so Janice Raymond for people who, uh, someone we've we've talked about on the show a few times, but Janice Raymond wrote a book called The Transsexual Empire, and okay, so people normally leave off the subtitle of it, which is called it's The Transsexual Empire: The Making of the Shemale. It's like one of the original, like original anti trans people, like incredibly mm-hmm. violent transphobe. Like, it, like both, both in terms of like the career of her work, like physically, like violently anti-trans, and yeah, yeah, she is, she is connected to a lot of the modern anti-trans groups, and also the modern, like the modern, I don't know what you'd call them, people who are attempting to take away trans healthcare, but who don't see themselves as anti-trans. 
I have no idea how to even summarize that into a single term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad? I don't know. I got nothing. Yes. <laughs> Definitely bad. Way. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. Max and Kitty fully endorse uh, Janice Raymond's theories. I mean, Janice Raymond, one of the things she's famous for is saying that, like, like transsexualism should be uh, morally mandated out of existence. Like, Max Robinson has said that she supports that. They also both, uh, I mean... Janice Raymond uh, focused heavily on on trans women overall, and you know also claimed that basically like trans women were you know committing sexual assaults against women just for existing. Yeah, Max and Kitty are also horrible trans misogynists to actually make. I mean, Kitty makes a lot of propaganda attacking uh, attacking trans women and trying to cast all trans women as predators and yeah, just not people you want on your side because <laughs> they're not. Yeah. They're a danger to all trans people. They're just like yeah. trying to find a way to influence trans healthcare in a different way. And I mean, I I'm concerned that people will hear like, oh, look at all these D like these supposedly trans friendly D trans people who testified against this ban, not realizing that these are actually like terse with an agenda. <laughs> who I mean part of them part of what they want to do is to infiltrate like queer and trans subcultures and promote like turf ideology and recruit people. Like, let's put it this way. So Max Robinson, in terms of some of her beliefs, um, refers to uh, medical transition for like transmasculine folks as a sado ritual, going back to Mary Daly yeah. um, types of oh. descriptions of things. And then Kitty was one of the people that was interviewed for and gave extensive yeah. background information for a BBC article that was released I believe it was called something along the lines of we are being pressured into sex by some trans women, which is basically that. Yes, that, that one, right? Like, so feeding (laughs) into this narrative that trans women are sexual predators right into the British media when they were already having a massive influx of anti-trans media that was, again, feeding into the the demonization of trans people as a whole, but then also, like, controlling trans youth and the likes. And, of course, this article not only did it end up originally platforming like an actual like serial rapist. Yeah, Lily Cade. Like, someone, someone, yeah. so, a, 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 ser- a serial rape is so prolific that, like, within, like, maybe 30 minutes of this article going up, like multiple, like probably like a dozen people had come forward and been like, she raped me. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that is the person that the BBC was like coming forward to do this shit with. Yeah. She ended up posting, um, basically a manifesto, um, on her website that, was even more extreme than aspects of the article showed off. And then I will also note that this article was originally, I believe it was only translated into Portuguese in order to be moved into BBC Brazil, Brazil, which is also one of the countries that has one of the highest rates of trans femicide. So like these, these are the people that decided to go ahead and testify. um, Yeah. And and like, well, I'm also personally bring up Max and Kitty because like they were some of the people who helped like get the testimonies. Like I found a post on Kitty's Tumblr blog (laughs) looking for D-trans and desisted women who were willing to testify against a ban. And then Max was the one who actually submitted the collective statement from Are You Asking Why? She also submitted an individual statement too. So basically like they found a bunch of like detrans and desisted turfs on Tumblr to sign a statement and then submit yeah. it to like the state of Ohio, which is kind of wild to think about. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't normally expect to see testimony from turf Tumblr, let alone detrans yeah. turf Tumblr, but that is like, that isn't really, even happened. Yeah. <laughs> not really who you want to show up for. No. You. <laughs> yeah. It's really Really not good in terms of who you want doing your legislation. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we need to take another ad break and then we will come back and talk more about this. So enjoy your brief capitalistic respite from the horror of capitalism. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. 
Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We are back. In, in order to properly understand the situation in Ohio, you kind of have to go back several years, right? Um, one of the bills that ended up being proposed in 2020 was HB 513. Mm. Um, this was uh, another version of a uh, proposed mm. ban on gender-affirming care for trans youth in particular. Um, and it was sponsored by representatives Ron Hood and Bill Dean. This one is interesting because one of the groups that ended up coming out in opposition to it was the Gender Care Consumer Advocacy Network. Um, This is the organization that I helped found in 2019 prior to my resignation. They submitted this opposition after my resignation, but it is available on archives. Then in 2021 and the 2022 uh, legislative session, there was the uh, proposal for HP 454, which was another proposed ban on gender affirming care for, uh, for trans youth. This time it was being sponsored by Representative Gary Click, who is also the sponsor of the current bill uh, that had recently been vetoed and then the veto vetoed. And in May of 2022, the Gender Care Consumer Advocacy Network, or GCCAN, testified in tentative support. Um, the testimony was submitted by Corinna Cohn and included um, suggestions for amendments. These amendments are actually very important. One of the amendments that she recommended was on data tracking. I believe it says here... The second amendment would be a requirement for physicians, mental health care providers, and other medical health care professionals mandating an annual report to the Ohio Department of Health, the number, age, and sex of minor patients who are receiving gender transition services of any type. This was what she originally proposed as an amendment to the bill. The bill, again, did not end up passing. Um, but now we are seeing HB 68, mm-hmm. which is the one that merges the ban on gender affirming care for trans youth and a sports ban. Because I guess, you know, trans youth playing chess yeah. is somehow like threatening. But so this one was again represented, uh, like sponsored by Representative Click. And this time, curiously enough, um, Corinna had been working more extensively with uh, Click during various portions of the um, of the push for the bill. Right, you know, she testified multiple times. She's posted videos with him, pictures, etc. Another person who had originally founded the organization, Carrie Callahan, did originally start opposing. Curiously, she did not note her prior experience with the organization, but she did uh, start to oppose the the bill and then later starts to put out basically a, like a more general call for um, opposition 
to HB 68, right? You know, trying to, to collect in, um, you know, various types of uh, detransitioned people who were opposed to bans on gender affirming care, right? And then who is it that ends up showing up? Um, it's this weird little, like, turf group that <laughs> originally came out of D-Trans Turf Tumblr in 2013 that, historically speaking, she had prior working relationships with and mm-hmm. even presented their stories to U.S. Path. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, Matt Robinson, too, like, both her, both Max Robinson and Carrie Callahan were both featured in Jesse Singles' Atlantic article too. Like, there's lots of points of connection. <laughs> they've been they've known each other since at least 2016, and you know, worked together. Um, like, I I can't say for certain how it is that they ended up there. It, personally, to me, it seems a little weird that. People who had prior working relationships dating back a decade are showing up in the same place again. And like they are also showing up in legislative testimony for the first time in the state where some like one of the the central figures for a long time there is putting out a call to oppose this particular bill like the the. The coincidences are racking up a little bit here. It might yeah. be good to ask some further questions about what exactly happened, because I, I have some questions. Um, so, you know, this happened in December of 2023, right? Eventually, Governor DeWine goes ahead and vetoes. But at the same time, he makes his, you know, proposal for the drafting of new regulations with, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Department of Health and the likes. And Within that is the suggestion of detailed data tracking that is reported to the Department of Health and then to the general public every six months, focusing on things like, you know, um, I, I don't think that he wanted to focus on, like, the, the number of people that were doing it, but he did um, include a, um, like, the nature of the diagnosis. It applies to all ages. It was not originally restricted to um, trans youth like the original testimony was um, from, from GCCAN. Um, the time range was also ended up being like, it's, it's shortened. He wants it every six months, not every year. Um, but, you know, very similar kinds of things, right? In terms of what it is that he is proposing for this mass collection of data and a previous testimony that was submitted to the Ohio legislature. In fact, like not long after that fact, um, Representative Click ended up going on an interview with Tony Perkins of Family Research Council talking about the pending veto. They originally did this interview on January 9th, and he noted that the data collection um, suggestion was originally included in a draft version of his bill but was removed due to opposition. And so he's glad, actually, that that was included, although he wished that there would be even more restrictions. Uh, He actually was going to encourage the governor to also sign an executive order uh, banning the use of puberty blockers, not just surgery. Um, As far as I can tell, that has not happened. But he did say that he was going to try. But, like, it's... Like, there's there's definitely some weird kind of, like, escalations that end up happening and some of the, like, some of the interconnecting threads with individuals that, again, just happen to keep showing up in the <laughs> same place over and over and over again, either in support or in opposition. Some folks have been consistently opposed, whereas other people have been kind of flip-flopping. The, the GCCAN organization is one of the ones that flip-flopped. Um, it originally opposed all bans, and then now all of a sudden it's like, you know, the the person that they are throwing out into these testimonies was arguing in favor of them. And then, like, you know, the, 
the quote unquote, are you asking why collective? And to be fair, Carrie Callahan have also been uh, firmly opposed to uh, full on bans um, and the Christian right pretty much from the beginning, though, for very, very, very different reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of their opposition was like, well, people will go to like, could go to other states where there's less restrictions. <laughs> We're like, no, the the stuff we have in Ohio is already like has a lot of restrictions and majority of trans youth like only get counseling and they don't get any like none of them get surgery. And most of them like only a very small number of them get puberty blockers or hormones. So this should be like this should be an example for the entire country. Like that was kind of Carrie Gallahan's take on things. And then like. I mean, yeah, a lot of the the more like the detrans turfs, like uh, the Robinsons or other members of Are You Asking Why? It's just like, okay, well, they're opposed to the Christian right, and they recognize that like if the Christian right gains more power and is banning things, that's bad, um, not just for trans people, but also for you know cis lesbian and gay people and cis women, and and you know it will end up hurting them too. So I mean, even from a from a self preservation stance, they understand like why they should be opposed to the Christian right. But they're still, if you actually read their testimony, a lot of them do make it clear that they're opposed to transition. Like one, one person called it like compared medical, like trans healthcare to like a hydra (laughs) and said that like banning it would only be cutting off a head. Like Mm -hmm. these aren't, yeah. And so a lot of them were, you know, we're also kind of praising, uh, you know, regulations, like the, the group uh, statement talks about like it's like you know shutting down clinics won't improve anyone's quality of care ohio's existing programs are known for their moderation uh they don't perform surgery on minors many clinics out of state do blada yada so um max robinson's testimony also said similar um (sighs) but that she had it on good word from an ohioan right I have uh-huh. Yes, you know, say I hear on good authority from an Ohioan that pediatric gender clinics there prescribe hormones pretty sparingly and don't actually perform any underage transition surgeries. Other states do, though. So there's like this whole thing. It's like like they're still kind of scaremongers. Like, oh, but these other states, like, where it's yeah. easier to transition yeah. as a minor, those are bad. <laughs> but they're still yeah. making it clear that the idea that people having easy access to transition, especially as youth, is like a bad thing. Uh, in their minds. I don't think we actually mentioned like how, like if you actually look at the collective uh, statement that are you asking why issued and like who signed it, like a whole bunch of them didn't actually transition. Like a lot of them are actually desisted, <laughs> huh. which means that they like <laughs> never actually medically transitioned. Yeah. They yeah. considered transitioning or maybe socially transitioned, but then they decided not to medically transition mm-hmm. possibly after, you know, converting to anti-trans feminism or, or the like. So it's just like a bunch of people who like, I decided not to transition. I'm desisted. Like, you know, testifying against a healthcare ban. Um, it's also like a kind of a classic strategy too, is like they yeah. have a bunch of like desisted people along mixed in with people who actually like transition and do transition to kind of like inflate the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. This is like, standard. Yeah, this is very standard. <laughs> it's an old trick. It's just like, oh yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah. And then a bunch of them are also like saying the ones who did like, you know, transition and detransition, they're like emphasizing how they, a few of them like are emphasizing how young they were when they transitioned and detransitioned. Again, not exactly, yeah, not exactly pro trans. This, this collective here with like pretty, pretty explicit turf ties, including mm-hmm. some of them directly to Janice Raymond herself. Mm-hmm. Um, was the the bulk of the opposition yeah. um, uh, from detransitioned people to the bill? I should note, uh, yeah. like that's fifteen signatures right there. Uh, people are yeah. talking about like how there were nineteen mm-hmm. people that were opposed. So fifteen of them were either like part of the recruitment or actively recruited on detrans turf tumbler. Yeah, and then like at least five of them are just assisted. They're not detransitioned. <laughs> it's not clear about everyone, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it just weird. it's really weird, and it's also been really weird to see the the media just kind of take that testimony of theirs at face value. Well, that, yeah. that's been a problem for a long time. Is like getting the media to actually sort of like um, investigate or care about people's like political views or activism or actually kind of being like, like sometimes like, I think like 
want to say like the the Basilaw New York Times story we were talking about before has Grace Ladinsky Smith in there without saying that she was you know affiliated with GC Can. Uh, <laughs> she's just like not just with, was, was the was, president. She yeah. was the president. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like okay, she's just like represented as this like you know as a trans woman without going into like actually she's the head of this political organization. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just you know this has happened. This has been a problem for years. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just like I mean, just a whole lot of different uh, sketchy characters kind of came out for for what's going on in Ohio. I mean, you have like. Um, you know, Republicans and right-wing Christians who just want to straight up ban transition and move towards uh, eliminating it for for all trans people and and work towards making it you know as impossible for trans people to live in society as they can. And then you have kind of more like tricky Republicans like Dewine, sort of like pretending <laughs> to find some kind of compromise and be like, oh, we're just trying to work for like. More comprehensive healthcare that, like, is just so everyone gets what they need, and like, sort of like using some of the language that was used by clinicians uh, who are trying to fight against the ban and their testimony, and um, you know, trying to claim make these claims. But if you actually look at the details, like the regulations they're proposing would make it nearly impossible for anyone to transition, you know, both youth and adults. And then you have like, you know, these um, different medical professionals and kind of more liberal transphobic detrans people who want more gatekeeping and regulation and control over trans people and are kind of like using uh, detransition and transition regret as a justification for that or praising being like, oh, well, Ohio, they're their youth clinics are already really good because they're very cautious and they, they use therapy a lot more than they actually uh, allow youth to medically transition. I mean, that argument didn't seem to work out at all. <laughs> Instead, it yeah. sounds like the governor kind of was like, oh, two-thirds of uh, youth only get therapy instead of medical transition? We should do that for everyone! <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like sort of like, you know, if you propose restrictions, say, oh, this is great, then of course the people who are more extreme will just like take that and run with it. And then, you know, you have... Uh, you know, D-Trans turfs showing up and testifying for their own weird reasons, you know, probably because of their connections to Carrie Callahan. But, you know, this also is a chance for them to sort of like, you know, launder their image, make it seem like, oh, look, we're good. We're good D-Trans people. We oppose the religious right. We're fighting against these bands. And then people who don't necessarily like know any better will like, Come you know, maybe with us in the woods. Right, right, right. Because they, I mean, this is, this is like, that's a strategy. They they often pretend to be more trans-friendly than they really are to sort of like draw people in or be able to like uh, influence queer and trans communities and slowly slip in like crypto turf ideology and, yeah. and recruit people. Or just flat um, out stalk people. That or stalk, spaces. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like there's just a whole lot of different, um, you know, anti-trans groups and individuals like stretching from like paternalistic medical professionals who want more gatekeeping, who want to restrict the number of people transitioning, like all the way to, you know, like Christian nationalists who want to just, you know, wipe us out completely. And, you know, not only... Uh, you know, are, are basically at war with bodily autonomy in general. They don't want any, they want to be the ones yeah. who control what people do with their bodies. Like they also want to, like, you know, restrict reproductive care and abortion. It's all part of the same war uh, to just control people and assort their version of, of authoritarian Christianity. And then you have, you know, uh, you know, weird detrans turfs. And it's just like all, you kind of have to like understand like all these different factions and how they sort of like interact together and how, you know, they try to use each other, you know, it can seem overwhelming, but like the more we kind of understand like what we're up against, like the, the easier it is for us to you know develop strategies of resistance. And it's like, you know, even though, you know, it can seem like we're up against a lot of different groups, but like, you know, we're also part of this larger fight for, for liberation. And, you know, we can connect, you know, with, with feminists who are fighting for reproductive autonomy, we can connect with like disability, liberation uh, activists who are fighting for better health care for everyone. <laughs> we do potentially have lots of allies and we do have lots of connections like with other movements. Um, 
And so when you think of it that way, it's like, okay, we're, we're not just like one small group up against this whole like Goliath. It's like, no, we're part of this larger movement that is fighting so that everyone is free and that everyone gets the health care they deserve. Yeah. And I mean, I think that one of the, one of the, the sort of tangential things here too is, you know, this is an extremely negative example of the amount of influence that a very, very small number of people can wield who have extremely unpopular ideologies. On the other hand, there are a lot of us and the things that we believe are very popular. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the amount of power that we can wield if we are willing to organize and we are when we understand what we're organizing against is immense. And it is enough to drive these people into the fucking ground. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Happen Year is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.